Good morning, Boker Tov. Buenos dias. Sabah lecher. This is Shana Folds here with the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm here to give you the headlines so you can get caught up quickly. You're listening so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Monday, November 9th, 2020. And America has a new elected president. Congratulations to Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and their administration. Now, let's get to the news. Over the weekend, Joe Biden was elected as the next president of the United States of America, making him the 46th to take that position in office. His vice president, Kamala Harris, is the current U.S. Senator for California and before that worked as a district attorney in San Francisco. She's making history as the first woman to ever serve as a vice president and the first mixed race person to do so. Harris is half Indian and half African American. Biden was the vice president to former President Barack Obama for eight years, and before that served as a U.S. senator for Delaware. Because the U.S. is Israel's biggest ally, this election has been closely watched by Israelis and Jews everywhere. Israel receives billions of dollars a year in military aid from the U.S., one of its only allies in the Middle East, that being Israel. Now, of course, with the normalization deals rolling out from the United Arab Emirates, the Kingdom of Bahrain, and Sudan, the U.S. and Israel have some new allies in the region. This week, we'll have some special reports about what Israelis think of the outcome of this election. I've been getting a lot of questions from my listeners, my fans, my followers, and people who read the newsletter. They are asking me, what do you think? What do the people of Israel think? Well, I am pulling all of that together, so just sit tight. As you know, last week I reported from Washington, D.C. as the polls were closing on Tuesday night. You can listen back to those episodes from the Israel Daily News podcast. And if you go onto the Jerusalem Post Facebook page, you'll find some videos that I did there. I was covering protests. I was on the White House lawn. I was everywhere. Also over the weekend, a great leader, scholar, writer, and rabbi passed away. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the former chief rabbi of Britain, died at 72 years old from cancer. Rabbi Sachs had the amazing ability to bring Torah into everyday life. I myself read his works each weekend with my partner. We read his books and he has this amazing ability to bring history, contemporary literature, old literature, all different types of media and make it relevant in Judaism. In Sachs' book called Lessons in Leadership, the rabbi takes one story from each week's Torah reading and highlights a lesson you could learn about being a leader. He uses the biblical figures as examples. Tomorrow, we'll be having a special guest discuss his legacy and his contribution to Israel and the Jewish world. There is a new tourist destination in the Middle East 
This Sunday, the first tourist flight from Israel to Dubai took off from Ben Gurion Airport at the Dubai based airline Fly Dubai. Flight FZ8194 carried government officials, representatives of the flight and tourism industries, and Israeli businessmen and businesswomen. 175 passengers were aboard that plane. The tour was organized by Emirati businessman Jacob Saba and the Israeli Gaia Tours Company. It cost about $2,000, which includes a four-night stay at the Hyatt Hotel, which will provide a kosher breakfast for the first time ever. Fly Dubai also announced that starting November 26th, there will be 14 flights per week made available to tourists between the UAE and Israel. And trust me, I have been seeing a lot of people talking about this. We're talking about regular people. People are coming up in my news feed on Facebook and Instagram talking about going to Dubai. As you could imagine, Israelis are dying to get out of the country after being shuttered in, and many people are discussing taking a flight to the UAE. The outgoing coronavirus czar Roni Gamzu toured the Arab town of Kafir Kara this weekend and said he would be very happy if the legal framework allowed him to obligate people to get tested for coronavirus. However, tests and medical treatment cannot legally be forced. Right now, infection numbers in the Arab community are higher than the rest of the population. The current positivity rate in Israel's Arab community is at 6%, while in the larger population it stands at 2%. Gamzu also commented on the trend of people in the Palestinian territories participating in weddings and said they'll consider closing the crossings if there is no resolution. On Friday, ministers approved local lockdown measures on two northern communities, declaring the Druze town of Bukata in the Golan Heights and an ultra-Orthodox Jewish part of Hazor Haglilit, Restricted zones. According to the health ministry, these areas have some of the highest cases per capita in Israel. Entry and exit to both communities will be severely restricted, with all residents being permitted to leave their homes only for essential needs like buying food or medicine. Twelve army heads are defending an Israeli soldier who is facing the Supreme Court for shooting a Palestinian man to death in 2019. Moshe Ya'alon, who I've hosted in the past for my event, the Sunset Series, and is the former Defense Minister of Israel and Army Chief of Staff, sent out a letter with others saying instead of jail time, the soldier should instead face disciplinary proceedings. Ahmad Manasra was 23 when he was killed at a security checkpoint in the West Bank. He had been trying to help 38-year-old Ala'a Ra'aida, who had been shot by the same officer while he got out of his car after another car had swerved into him and then fled the scene. Ra'ida's wife and kids were in the vehicle. According to the indictment, Ra'ida had been flailing his arms after he got out of the car, looking ahead at the car that had just trotted off. The soldier thought he was throwing rocks, made a verbal warning, shot into the air, and then shot him and injured him. Manasra ran over to help him with three of his friends. The friends took Ra'ida to the hospital where Manasra allegedly then stayed back in order to comfort the wife and children. The same soldier shot him when he got out of the car and then shot him again when he tried to run away. A Jewish human rights lawyer petitioned the court on behalf of Palestinians, challenging the original indictment and asking why it didn't include the wounding of Ra'ida, the father who was shot and wounded. He wasn't mentioned in the indictment. 
Yalon's letter says this case should be dealt with at the military command level so long as the soldiers' actions were in good faith. Ya'alon in 2016 condemned an Israeli soldier for killing a Palestinian man. In that case, Ya'alon said the soldier had not conducted himself properly and could not be defended. Yesterday, Tel Aviv University, TAU, announced plans to launch its very own nanosatellite into orbit. It'll be the first satellite built solely by the university and is designed as a research tool that will conduct numerous experiments in orbit. Dr. Ofer Amrani, head of the university's mini satellite lab, said TAU-SAT-1, or Satellite 1, is the first nanosatellite designed, built, and tested in an Israeli university. And the entire process, from conception through design, software development, and testing, was done at TAU. The satellite is roughly the size of a shoebox, and its main goal is to measure cosmic radiation in space. Now, what the hey is cosmic radiation? Well, I looked it up and found that a cosmic ray is a high-energy, charged particle that originates from the sun or is found outside of the solar system. That moves through space at nearly the speed of light. Now, I'm not sure why that is important or what that does or what they need it to do, but... That is your answer. Okay, now back to the story. The satellite is currently undergoing pre-flight testing in Japan before NASA plans to launch in early 2021. After its launch, it is expected to be in orbit for several months before its trajectory fades because of atmospheric drag and its lack of an engine. It will then eventually burn up in the atmosphere and return to Earth as dust. Now, Dr. Mayor Ariel, the director of TAU's Nano Satellite Center, says this. He says... We know that there are high-energy particles moving through space that originate from cosmic radiation. Our scientific task is to monitor this radiation and to measure the flux of these particles and their products. Well, that is very exciting. Anything that can move us forward in the tech department is a win for Israel. Now, going from the future to the past, we have it all in Israel. Some ancient pottery and jugs have been found in Jerusalem as an excavation to insert an elevator near the western wall is underway. But it's not the jug that is so stellar. The Israel Antiquities Authority excavation director, David Gelman, found four shiny gold coins which fell out of one of those jugs. Gelman said it was the first time in his career as an archaeologist to discover gold and that it was tremendously exciting. The coins are from more than a thousand years ago, from the early Islamic period. At the time, the four coins would have been equal to four months' salary for the common laborer. Once the elevator project is complete, the public will be allowed to view many of the archaeological finds. All right. Well, that's it for today's news. Today is Monday, November 9th, 2020. Tel Aviv has a low of 18 degrees Celsius and a high of 26 degrees. That's 64 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 79 degrees for the high. Don't forget to subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. I am everywhere. Before we go, I want to give a shout out to one of the most iconic broadcasters in American history, Alex Trebek, who died yesterday on November 8th. Trebek hosted the hit game show Jeopardy for 37 years. He influenced so many lives. One quote he said that I think is fitting for the Israel Daily News podcast listeners is that, 
there's a certain comfort that comes from knowing a fact. And that, my friends, is why I say knowledge is the best weapon. I'll send you off today with a song called Don't Lose It All by Schiffer Jacobs and Dove. Thanks to the Tel Aviv music support group Hounds of Love for providing this song for me. They hooked me up with a lot of great music. Shifra lives in Israel and produced the song completely via Zoom during the pandemic with her cousin Dove, who lives in Amsterdam. She says she's indie pop while he's electronic dance. The two have found a way to blend their styles. I'm bringing this song to you because my 18-year-old sister who is in college said that she heard this song on the Israel Daily News podcast and plugged it into her Spotify and has been listening to it ever since. So if she loves it and the young people like it, then we got to play it. Have a great and productive day and a great week. Happy Monday, everyone. Don't lose it all.